when a child is diagnosed with a serious, life-threatening illness, everyone in the family is affected. These stories from those families will move and inspire you. The children are gentle and determined. The parents are resilient and courageous. Courageous Parents Network provides a safe space that supports and empowers them, validating their experiences and promoting their stories so that others may also find hope and strength. Welcome to the Courageous Parents Network podcast series. Amanda and Joel are part of a close-knit family that only grew closer after their second daughter, Sadie, was diagnosed with a rare disease called CDKL5. Pushing past the fears and learning to live for today, the Laflams recently welcomed another baby girl, Savannah, who is healthy and happy. You know, I didn't really have this whole thing in mind. When I met Joel, I told him I wasn't going to date him. I didn't want to date him, and he was very persistent. And then the more I hung out with him, the more I realized that he was funny and he made me laugh and we had a good time together and he pushed me outside my comfort zone with a lot of things that I would never do. Um, we both swore we were never having children. We were He was never getting married, which I was like, whatever, no big deal. And then one day he's like, let's have kids and get married. I'm like, you're drunk. No. And then we kept being persistent about it. And he, when he's ever persistent, I usually cave, um, and which I did. And I ended up with my beautiful Sophia. We all live together. I have three dogs. My sister-in-law lives upstairs with her dog. My mother-in-law across the street with her dog. My dad in her basement. And it's a big, happy compound. When we came home with Sadie, she was born repeat C-section because Sophia was breached. Um, We came home and I held her in my arms and I was feeding her and she had what I did not know was her first seizure. I ran into the bedroom, I ripped all her clothes off. I wasn't sure what was wrong. I just knew it wasn't right. Everybody didn't know what was going on. The visiting nurse said, oh, maybe it's acid reflux, baby movements. And I kept saying, no, my mother's seen it. She said, no, it's something different. Never did it cross my mind that it was a seizure. So they thought there was three genes that she might have, and CDKL5 was one of them. So they tested just that gene, and it came back negative. So we were in the impression that this was something, you know, the infantile spasms, kids get them and they grow out of them and they'll be just fine and all this is going on and we're like, okay, you know, her vision's not working because of the seizures and her eyes are perfectly fine and everything will be fine. That was my gut feeling. You know, everything will be fine. It was all going to go away. This is just a big bad dream. And um, I was sitting on the floor playing with Sadie on April 14th. Um, 2014 and I got a phone call around 4.30 in the afternoon and it was the neurologist and she said I have a diagnosis and I started to cry because I was nervous and she told me that she was positive for CDKL5 and out of all of the ones that we read about that was like the one we didn't want (laughs) if you had to pick one that was the one we did not want And we were all in just shock. I think shock set in for a few days, crying, angry, you know, just really mad. 
just took a lot out of me. Um, but then I got real headstrong about it, and I figured, you know, she'll be fine, and everything's gonna work out, and, you know, we'll, now that we know what it is, we'll find the right medicine, and as things went on, and kept giving her medicines, and things kept not working, it kind of crushes your, your dream of her being fine. Um, I found out I was pregnant a couple days ago, um, and I am very excited, but also very cautious and very nervous. Um, with Sadie's diagnosis, it's one in five billion, so my odds of having another child with what she has is 99.9% that I won't. We obviously are afraid that it would happen again, um, so I'm considered high risk. Um, and we will see a geneticist, and we will do full-on testing of a lot of genetic disorders, hopefully. Um, you know, and we just pray that things will go okay. Well, there was the thought of Sophia being alone. If we pass away, Sophia would be taking care of, which we hope, Sadie, all by herself. Um, then there was the thought that you know, in Sadie's first year of diagnosis, 14 children passed away. There was always the thought in the back of my mind that she may not be here forever. And instead of her saying goodbye to me, I may have to say goodbye to her. And I don't want Sophia to be alone. Um, and for my own selfish reasons, I wanted another baby to try to enjoy the things that... When I had Sophia, I took for granted because I was a first-time mom. And then the things that I wanted to enjoy with Sadie that were consumed by illness and stress and anxiety. Um, it just didn't, you know, it was a different kind of love and a different kind of joy than it was with Sophia. And I didn't, like with Sophia, I didn't get to like take it in, you know, and when I got pregnant the second time, I was like, oh, I'm gonna enjoy it, and I'm gonna suck it all in, and it didn't work that way, so there's lots of fears, you know, when I look at Sadie, I think of her quality of life now instead of later, I want things for her now and not later, because I don't know how much later she'll have, <laughs> because one, one really bad sickness could take her forever. And I just don't know. So, I live for today as much as I possibly can, even though I am so impatient. And try not to think too much into the future, even though sometimes it can be really hard not to. Music you heard in this episode was by Chris Zabriskie. Please visit CourageousParentsNetwork.org for more stories of courage, wisdom, and compassion.